into A to Z Sports. I am Zach Bingham. He is Luke Worthstrom. This is a Titans Thursday. Got a lot to get to. More people will be rolling in. We got to thank our our title sponsor. That is BetMGM. We are powered by BetMGM. Code ATOZ Sports right there on the screen for a risk-free $1,000 bet for new users. Also, can't forget about our our presenting sponsors. Big shout out to all of our presenting sponsors, including Mandu. They are the pulse of fitness. Your first workout is absolutely free. Go to mandu.com and look at a location near you, Wilson County Hyundai at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. They've got your perfect make and model vehicle, whether it's the Sonata, Elantra, or the Palisade. The Bone and Joint Institute down there in Franklin, we love them. They, they, they rock it. And if you have an injury, you tweak something, knee, shoulder, hip, doesn't matter. They'll take care of you. State-of-the-art facility down there in Franklin, the Bone and Joint Institute and Renner's Warehouse, $89 a month. They are the Nashville professional landlord. They are. They take care of you. They take care of your tenants. They go find tenants. Renner'sWarehouse.com. All right, Luke. Let's get this Titans Thursday started. More people will be piling in over the next five to ten minutes. We're excited about that. Again, Twitter is being wonky today, so watch us on YouTube. We got you covered there. Luke, last two games, I haven't had a chance to talk to you. Bills, Chiefs, how are you feeling about this Tennessee Titans team? You have to feel pretty good, right? I mean, with what they were able to do offensively against the Chiefs with the rhythm that they're finding overall as a team. I think you have to look at the Titans and say that if they're, they continue to play to the level they've played over the last two weeks, if they continue to rise to the occasion in that manner, I don't know how you can look at them and not think that they're potentially one of the best teams of the AFC. Now, does that mean that they're going to be the number one seed at the end of the season? Who knows? Cause that's more about record, but you know, any week against any team, not just in the AFC, but really for the NFL in that matter, because so far this year, there's not really that unbeatable juggernaut, maybe the Cardinals, but but something still doesn't feel quite right about them, and J.J. Watts can be out for the year. Titans can beat anyone in the league. And I feel like we, we thought that heading into the season, but after the Jets game, I think we all maybe needed reconfirmation of that, and that's what we've gotten loudly, I think, over the last two games. Yeah, and has the last two games surprised you? I mean, were you shocked? Bills did not surprise me. I picked them to win the Bills game. I was not quite as certain about the Chiefs game because I remember talking in the game day morning show at the stadium about how I was pretty confident they were going to beat the Bills because historically those are the kind of games that Mike Vrabel teams win. I was less so about the Chiefs, and I was kind of up in the air as to who I thought would win that one. Uh, so, yeah, I was surprised that the Titans came out and handled them as easily as they did. I mean, I think the biggest surprising stat was three points allowed to Patrick Mahomes when the Titans were very depleted in the secondary and were starting a guy who had been on the team for like four or five days. Yeah, well, and look, I, I think those two games, I mean, that was that was a huge part a defining part of this season. Now they got to take care of business. They got to make the playoffs. They got to do all of that stuff. But if they were working behind the eight ball with uh, not having the tie break over the bills, and let's be honest, Luke in the chat, 
we all know Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are not just going to lie down. Like, mm-hmm. they are going to make a push. Now, what that push where and where it gets them, I don't know. I mean, they benefit now that they there's seven playoff teams instead of six. But they're going to make a push, uh, and somebody's going to fall back in the AFC. It just usually oh, yeah. happens. You just don't – you wish it's not going to be the Titans, right? And falling back could start on Sunday if they do not beat the Indianapolis Colts. And that leads us to the lead and our title – and something that I came up with uh, while I was talking to Austin on the show a few days ago, and it's one thing, the Titans offense, if they execute, they win. If they execute, they win the AFC South, they win the Colts game, and they are in the driver's seat, in my opinion. That one thing is deception. Hmm. That defines their offense. And deception, it, it has so many different layers, and we saw this against the Chiefs. Derrick Henry is your key piece, right? We all know that. He is the best player on the football team. He's the best running back in the NFL. The deception of being able to utilize him in Todd Downing's offense, I think, is massive because A.J. Brown is the real deal. I mean, he's proven that. When he's yeah. not eating Chipotle, he's catching touchdown passes. And I, I I think that will only get better through the rest of the season. I think Julio can be an X factor. I just don't know what the hell's wrong with his legs. I don't. I, I a Hamstring tightness, I couldn't tell you. And sure, I don't think he can tell you either as long as, as he's been talking to the media. He hasn't been able to, to, to I feel like, uh, we haven't been able to get a read on what is going on with Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. And truly, the type of player Julio Jones is, I, I don't think the Titans have gotten that out of him. Now, due to injury, I, that's fair, right? I mean, football is football. But that, but but MB says, Zach, isn't that the key to any successful offense? MB, no, it's not. The Chiefs, you know exactly what they're going to do. Tom Brady can beat you without running the ball a single time. We saw that in the Patriots uh, many a times in his time in New England. It's not for every offense. And the Titans offense is so unique. I would compare them to a healthy Browns offense. Now, they're a shell of themselves. But the fact that the Browns, they have to run the football for their quarterback and their offense to truly be successful, right? Baker makes too many mistakes. Now, the good thing is Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion, is better than Baker Mayfield because he he takes care of the football, he's smart, he's intelligent, and he runs the offense. But the deception of Derrick Henry, I think, is key to open up things and get a lead. And that's where King Henry in the second half can go to work, and we saw that in Kansas City. What do you think about what I've just said, Luke? Yeah, I think a couple of things to touch on there. First of all, Todd Downing, leading up to the Chiefs game, talked about how you know the Titans had been so good all season in the run game and getting Derrick Henry his due and getting him to go. And Downing was kind of saying, you know, the next step for us is to do something off of that, right? Not just have Derrick Henry running the ball well 25 times, but take that and, and like you're saying, Zach, say, what can we then do to trick a defense? What can we then do off of that to gain a leg up? 
And I, I think it's interesting that he said that when he did, because in that Chiefs game is the best time we saw them actually doing that, them playing off of Derrick Henry. Because for the first, you know, five and a half games the Titans played, it was Derrick Henry and nothing else, really. And over the last game and a half, it's been Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and a little bit of Julio. Now, I think Julio's been wildly disappointing. He was great in Seattle, really good in that game. But the whole... We saw his potential in Seattle, right? We saw the glimpse of, wow, this guy, this is why they traded for him. But we have not seen that since. The Chiefs game was the seventh game the Titans have played this year, and only the second, if I recall correctly, that Julio Jones played in the fourth quarter. He may have played week one in the fourth quarter. I honestly can't remember. But I know that in week two, he was out in the fourth quarter. Didn't play week three or week four. Week five, he was out in the fourth quarter. Week six, he was out in the fourth quarter. Usually, And then against the Chiefs in week seven, he played all four. Yeah, what's what's the most important quarter usually? Usually the fourth. Now, for the Titans, I think it probably is the first because if they get a lead, (laughs) it changes. But... But it is the fourth because that's when tight games are won and lost, right? Now, I asked Julio on Friday if if he's concerned about the fact that he's not finishing games and sort of is this something we can expect to see all season? What did he say? He he paused and then he he said, you know, I don't I don't know how to answer that because basically, you know, he's not tr- trying to get hurt. It's not a a plan. And then he said, I would just say that it's a long season and there's a lot of time, which to me implies that, uh, or and what I infer from that is, as the season goes on, he doesn't expect this to keep happening and maybe the team doesn't either. I don't know if they're being cautious. I don't know if he's actually getting hurt, but it's 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 strange. Like this isn't this isn't a normal thing that happens around the NFL. Like you don't watch the Buccaneers. Well, the Bucks are always up so big in the fourth quarter so that's a little different but you know you don't watch the bucks and it's you know 25 to uh, to 16 or 18 in the fourth quarter and bruce arians is like all right mike evans go rest those hammies like that doesn't happen and so i tend to think he's probably hurt he's acting like he's not it's very strange And, and those friday News conferences with Julio Jones, as as our friend Kaharski pointed out, are becoming like the weekly memory test, where he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, did I, did I, did I get?" You know, that's kind of what happens every week with him. Yeah, and I, I agree with G Man. Clearly, Julio is on a snap count. They are being cautious with him. They're just doing a very poor job of coming out <laughs> yeah. and openly saying that. Well, um, so, why is he on a snap count? Why can't you just let your best players play? Because I mean, uh, honestly, Julio Jones has the best fifteen million job uh, dollar job in, in the world. Well, yeah, right now. sure, but but the Titans aren't getting that their money's worth out of this deal. Well, to the Titans, they want their money late. They don't want their money now, right? And now you're kind of you're kind of flirting with the devil in that sense because. If something happens and he's not available for a bigger reason of injury or whatever, what have you, late in the season, what are you going to do? All of that is for not, not. But they have not been playing Julio Jones like 
the way that they traded for him, right? Yeah. They traded a second round pick for a guy. He's 32 years old and they're, they're babying him essentially. Yeah. That, that That's what I'm getting at. Like it, this isn't normal. This isn't something that happens. Someone pointed out, uh, let me see. I'm on, I'm on two devices. So it, it, there's a bit of a, a tape delay in getting to the comments, but Kyle says, because he's 87 years old, guys, Julio's not like 37. This is not Jonathan Joseph from last year. He's 32. Like Russell Wilson is also 32. I think Ryan Tannehill is close to 32. If he's not already like, this is not. Yeah, but the difference between that is Julio Jones has a history of missing games recently. Like, that has now been the trend of who Julio Jones is. And he has not been able to shake that. And he's not going to be able to shake that unless he puts together big-time performances in big-time games late in the season and really, more importantly, in the playoffs. But it does. It seems like the Titans are just casually swimming through the regular season. It really does. And honestly, like, can you blame them with the division they're in? I mean, they went on Sunday, and and we'll get more into that in a minute. If they went on Sunday, they got a three-game lead on the division halfway through the season. No, and and I think they'll shut down Julio Jones even more if they beat the Colts. But, Luke, I believe that to win a Super Bowl – and I think Mike Vrabel, he has told us this. Now, he told us this prior to the playoff change. But the easiest way to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl yep. is with a bye, is being the best team in the conference. Now there's only one team. There used to be two. And not having to play that first week and getting home field advantage throughout. Because they've beaten the Bills and the Chiefs, I think they've set themselves up nicely for that. The Bengals and, and the the Ravens and the Steelers and, and the, the Browns. Well, I, I think the, I, I'm I'm talking about the AFC North. Looks like they're oh. going to beat up on themselves. Yeah, yeah, right. The Titans won't beat up on themselves with the Jags and the Colts and the Texans. The Colts is an outlier, and we'll get to that here in a second. But I think that. For the Titans to win the Super Bowl, they have to be that first seed in the AFC. I mean, Do you I, not? I don't. I think it's possible for them to win without that. Like, I'm not going to say if they don't get the number one seed, like it's over. But I do agree that it becomes exponentially easier because you have a, one less game to win, one less week of wear and tear. You get a, a bye week to rest and get healthy. Like, I'm not going to disagree that it's a major advantage, but I'm also not going to. You know, week 18, if they're not the number one seed, say, well, let's, let's just pack it up, boys. It's over. Like It's that. not pack it up, but it, it, my point is it exponentially becomes more realistic. Yeah. The Titans going to the Super Bowl, that hasn't happened in 20 years, right? At, at the very least, you have to win your division. Like, it is, it is, a, it is an anomaly to be a wild card team and win the Super Bowl. Well, this week is very important to that, so let's get to this. I this is this question is not about you, Luke. This question is not about me. <laughs> this question <laughs> is about the chat. The ode to the chat because I truly want to I we do this during the, the game day shows. But what is your confidence level in the Titans heading into this week's game versus the Colts? 
10 guaranteed win, one guaranteed loss. Where are you at? We're going to get to your comments. They're going to be rolling in. We're broadcasting live on Facebook, YouTube, and and Twitch. Twitter's being wonky, so I'm going to go ahead and tweet out another YouTube link on Twitter. Twitter's killing themselves. We're sending people on Twitter off Twitter, so that's on you, Twitter. <laughs> Uh, before we get to that and we we hear you guys' answers, I do want to talk about Man Do the Pulse of Fitness. I got my workout on Tuesday. That's usually my selected day. You can go twice a week, but that's the best part about working out at Man Do. You don't have to go three, four, five times a week. You actually can't because of how intense the workout is for little effort over the amount of time. 15 minutes emulates five hours of working out. It is awesome. I am sore, Luke, from Tuesday's workout. 15 minutes. That's all I worked out on Tuesday. Your first workout is absolutely free. Visit mandu.com. And today, our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you because right now, if you download their app and you give them the promo code you see on your screen there, A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. It's a great deal to take advantage of. If you are new to the sports betting world, you're you're looking to sort of get your feet wet. Maybe you've seen our pick show pop up on, on Fridays and uh, Tuesdays, right? Tuesdays and Fridays is when that Correct. is, 2 p.m. And uh, or, or you always see on Twitter about point spreads and line this and, and prop that. And you're wanting to get your feet wet. This is a great deal to take advantage of for you to give yourself some security. Or if you're a vet and you're just looking for a new book to try, a new deal to take advantage of, this is for you as well. So promo code A to Z Sports, $1,000 risk-free bet. A to Z Sports, let's get to the comments. Yes. I'm going to sound like an auctioneer, and I'm just <laughs> going to read them off. Confidence level heading into this game. Titans have, I mean, Titans looking pretty damn good the last two weeks as they have beaten Buffalo on Monday night and then followed that up by absolutely destroying the Chiefs and holding them to three points. Now, the Colts... They're doing pretty good, too. They've won three out of the last four games, including wins against Miami, Houston, and the 49ers. They did lose that Ravens game, but they should not have won that. They should not have lost that Ravens game. That was a stellar performance by Lamar Jackson, but they lost. Confidence level. Derek goes with a nine. Steven goes eight. Sam goes 10. G-Man on base is a five. So he's the lowest one. We're going to keep track of that. Ronnie says 8.5. Danny says six. Orlando says seven. Skill Will on YouTube, four. That's now our new lowest. Shane says eight. William says six. I think Kyle's trying to get attention. Well, Kyle is actually a Colts fan. So he is trying to get attention. I will read his comment. That is the rivalry going on between him and Austin and his doodle uh, that is a Tennessee fan. So Kyle's going one. We're going to side that. Still the lowest is four. Mark says eight. Steve says nine. Uh, team leader 2010 says seven. Steven 10. Dadson seven. Scott six. 6.5 from Lorenzo. Chris says 6.5. Another Chris says six. Tony. Tony says eight. There's a lot of sevens coming in. I mean, we got a ton of comments. Stacy going with seven. Jacob with a five. So overall, I think the average, the median, the mean, whatever you want to be, is probably, I would say, close to a 7.5 or 8. Luke, where are you? I'm a 7. I'm a, I'm a solid 7. And, and here's why I'm a 7 and not higher but not lower. I'm not lower 
because they beat the Bills and the Chiefs. They held Patrick Mahomes to three points. This is a good football team that is capable of doing really exceptional things. They're made of every bit of the same stuff that the 2019 version of the Titans that made the AFC Championship game was made of, and they're so much better defensively than the 2020 team that laid a massive egg in the playoffs and went one and done with that dud against the Ravens. This team's made of something different than that team. By the same token, though, the reason I can't go higher, even after those two impressive wins, I'm going to say this. The reason that I'm giving them a seven is because Mike Vrabel is their head coach. That's why I'm seven confident in this team, because I think Mike Vrabel is a good coach and he gets them prepared to win games. The reason I can't go any higher is because Mike Vrabel is their head coach, right? Because I cannot, despite the revisionist history that some fans have tried to spew over the last week, Zach, I cannot forget about that Jets game. I just can't. I don't care what excuse anyone throws at me. Oh, well, the receivers were hurt. Oh, the this was bad. Don't care. That one. Uh, you, uh, that you one can't still. Say you just don't burn about in my the receivers. Mind. I, I look. They they didn't score touchdowns when they should have. Instead, they kicked field goals. They let the Jets get back into it, and they couldn't get back. I I, I fair, and you should criticize them. But Luke, Luke, if I took away one of your arms and told you to go compete in a basketball game, I think you'd struggle. Right? You may win. Now. Now, you were struggling. Let's say you're playing against 12 year olds. You're not playing against grown ass men. That's kind of the comparison that I felt like that the Titans offense was kind of falling into. The Jets defense d- is not bad. The Jets defense is actually, now they were bad against New England. But besides that, the Jets have actually been okay on defense. Without Julio Jones and AJ Brown, you have no passing threat. Zero. Zero. There's no excuse for them to lose, but I I do understand why. Like the Bengals game a season ago when they lost in Cincinnati, there was no excuse for that. The Bengals were a bad team and they got beat and they got beat badly. They didn't even have a a, a puncher's chance at the end. The Jets, if Ferkser catches the damn football on second and five in overtime, they're within the 10-yard line with 26 seconds left and now you're actually looking to win the game. Instead of settling for a tiny field goal that they missed. I think not not to get into a rabbit trail on on you know the the happenings behind the Titans losing to the Jets, but three red zone trips in the first half, three field goals. Like that's why I think they lost to the Jets. I, I Ferks or shouldn't have mattered. But beyond that, the Jets stink. Did you watch them against the Patriots this week? It was an abject disaster. And and maybe it shouldn't have been that one sided because the receivers were out. But the Titans, with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, should have been able to handle this team. The defense, which wasn't, you know, totally depleted like the receiving core, the defense made Zach Wilson look like Texas A&M Johnny Manziel. And and here is why I'm saying that that game is etched in my mind and why I can't make it go beyond the seven. It's not because, man, that stunk and I'm I'm mad. Uh Bemo made a funny joke up here. He said that was the week that uh, that Luke or that Vrabel lost Luke's trust. That was the week that Will Compton told me I needed to grow a sack. That that tweet was wildly misinterpreted. But it, it's etched in the back of my mind yeah, because I, mean, I still I, believe with the Tennessee Titans, 
they can beat anyone, and they can lose to anyone. I think that if the Tennessee Isn't Titans, that the NFL? No, Luke, it's you not. Do- your, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers would not lose to the Jets. They would kick them repeatedly. The Bucs got shellacked by the Saints last year. They got beat 38-3. to By a Hall of Fame quarterback. Who, yeah, who's 45. <laughs> yeah, like, like any given Sunday, that is a thing. There's the, the Titans should not have lost to the Jets. They did lose to the Jets for reasons. They didn't play very good coverage defensively. We saw Jackrabbit Jenkins 12 yards off the receiver on third down on third and six. That I, and you eloquently spurred that conversation with Vrabel, right? That didn't that didn't help things without Julio Jones and AJ Brown didn't help things and kicking field goals instead of touchdowns didn't help things. And it kind of it started to stack on each other and then all of a sudden it fell over, right? But that's what happens when Mike Vrabel teams play teams that stink. Mental errors, slow starts, they sleepwalk for four quarters, even when they win those games. It's rare. There have been times, but it's pretty rare. I can think of three times that Mike Vrabel's Titans went to face a really good team and just killed them. Or, excuse me, a really bad team and just killed them. I mean, they have done that, though. Sure. Yeah. Jacksonville 2019, Chicago and Detroit 2020. They they beat Jacksonville pretty bad a couple weeks ago. That was a game they should have won following better. up their loss. So I you what's your number? Seven. <clears throat> so it, it actually works out organically because you've kind of concentrated more on maybe the Titans deficiencies. I'm at a six, and I'll tell you why. There's two reasons. First, what does that tell you when the line opened? October, uh, well, that's when the game is, the 31st. This is when the line opened. Vegas tells me that this is going to be a close game. I I Uh, think it is. I think Vegas is right. The other thing that it tells me, this is more, I think, in my opinion, and I'm not picking the game yet. We'll do that live at Mill Creek Tap Room. You can come hang out with us. That's going to be fun on Sunday. Watch the game, drink some beer, grab some burgers. Luke, I think this is more about the Colts season, right? When you is a unique year where the Colts started out really slow when they had high expectations. Their best all pro lineman, Quentin Nelson, got hurt early in the season, uh, along with Carson Wentz. They had to get through some adversity. For the Colts, fortunately for the Titans, they didn't do very well with that adversity early in the season, and they found themselves in a hole. They've righted the ship, but this is the game. Luke, if the Indianapolis Colts lose this game, they're done. They're toast. They're not making the playoffs. At 3-5, and five, I don't think that you can get out of the hole with still ahead on the schedule, the Bills, the Bucks, the Patriots, the Cardinals, and the they're, Raiders. They're not a team that's built to get out of a hole. They're no. not a team that's built to go on a run. They're a team that's built to grind it out every week and run the ball with Taylor. Now, and to you be can fair, do that. Carson, you Carson can, Wentz is playing exceptional football. You right can now. do that but, at four and four. Yeah. You can do that at four and four and having an even tie 
with the division leader in the Titans. You can do that. I'm at a six. I'm very hesitant about this game. I, I could see it. Uh, I think the Colts either win a close game or the Titans blow them out like they did last year in Indy. I will decide what I think <laughs> Sunday at Mill Creek Tap Room with the prediction right before kickoff. Make sure your live no- notifications are on. But I'm at a six because of that. That's fair. I mean, you're not terribly far and off. And I, I, I predicted them to beat the Bills and the Chiefs the last two weeks. Like, I had that feeling. I don't have a great feeling going into this week. I, I think this is a good team that can beat anyone, but they can also look really ugly on any given Sunday. And I think there's a potential for them to look really ugly this Sunday, even if they even if they win. All right, so we're about to get to Luke's three big things, the improvements that the Titans have made since the since the, uh, the, the loss to the Jets that we just talked about. So you talked about how uh, disappointed you were in watching a team that had high expectations fall to the Jets. Let's talk about these big improvements. We got three, including Ryan Tannehill at the podium, a question you asked to the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. We will hear his answer. But first, going to tell you about the Bone & Joint Institute. Don't fumble on your recovery. Talked a lot about Julio Jones' recovery over the last couple of weeks. You could be just like Julio. Look, I've had my fair share of uh, of struggles with injury. My shoulder was banged up before. Uh, I had a, a, a twist of my knee a little bit. My my ankle, I got a, I got a bone spur on my toe that I got to get uh, taken off. I'm going to the Bone and Joint Institute. Everybody has those aches and pains. And if it gets a little too much, that's where you need to go to the Bone and Joint Institute. They have medical professionals. The doctors there are superb and a state-of-the-art facility. It will make you feel good. That is the Bone and Joint Institute in Franklin, Tennessee. And our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you. If you download the app, give them the promo code A to Z Sports. They will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. All right, Luke, let's begin this with Ryan Tannehill. You asked him a question. Yes. And I'll let you, I'll let you lead on your first biggest improvement from the Jets loss. Well, the biggest improvement from the Jets loss is the sacks. Right? They gave up seven to the Jets. Seven sacks to John Franklin Myers and the 0-3 Jets. Heading into that Bills game, the Titans had allowed 20 sacks. Five behind their total from the entire 2020 season. It was a disaster, and I was on this show and other shows saying, we're going to see Logan Woodside before long because Tannehill's going to get killed. Uh, That's changed. Over the last two weeks, one sack. And it's remarkable. It's why they won those games. It's why the confidence level can go up. And so my question for Ryan Tannehill was, what has happened? How did? How, why such a stark contrast from seven sacks and five sacks and him getting speared in the back every time he throws to constantly having a clean pocket? And this is what Tannehill had to say. We're playing better football. You know, as the season goes on, you know, you look at uh, lessons learned and, and um, you know, being efficient, getting the ball out, not being in long yard situations and uh, trying to help your O-line out. And then they're obviously blocking them whenever we do drop back. So... It all works together, and 
glad I'm glad it's working that way. Everything's better. It's not just the pass protection. They're standing in front of the chains. They're putting themselves in manageable third downs. They're finding balance in the passing game, which we'll get into in a minute. And, and all of those things together are working together to totally 180 the pass protection and the sacks. Yeah, I have been surprised on how that has improved the way that it has. Uh, if Tannehill is under fire, it hurts everyone, right? Like, you can't just run the football. You have to pass. It is a, a two-facet offense. That's what football is. And it eliminates your threats of when Julio Jones is out there and A.J. Brown, those slant patterns. This is this is where A.J. is deadly. And it goes to the protection, right? What was, I believe it was the first play of the game against the Chiefs, slant route, they're getting A.J. Brown involved, right? Play action, turnaround, slant, catch, yardage, A.J., first down, let's go, right? Yeah. All of that is offensive strategy to set the defense up for failure later in the game. You have to have the protection, though, to execute the sluggo seam, mm -hmm. right? That 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 is what you have to have, and they've been able – and I think that is one of many reasons, you know, defensive improvement has definitely helped, but uh, I, I think the protection has been massive to set up the full strategy of the offensive game plan. That Todd Downing, and we've we've credited Todd Downing over the last several weeks for improving each week. He hasn't gotten worse. He has gotten better since week one against the Arizona Cardinals, who, mind you, are still undefeated. They play tonight against the Green Bay Packers. That's going to be a true test for Arizona in prime time. They've already kind of proven they are a good, really good football team. Are they a great football team? I think we'll find out a little bit more tonight on Thursday Night Football. But Todd Downing got exposed week one. He's done a better job ever since. We know who else got exposed week one? Kendall Lamb. And he's played significant time in the last two games for the Titans with Taylor Lewan having the concussion. And he's been fine. Like, you haven't even noticed him. And he said on Friday, he said when he went out there against the Bills, he was determined that what happened against Arizona where he got knocked on his back in – a disastrous play by Chandler Jones, that would not happen against the Bills. He said he made his mind up about that. And we've seen the fruits of that over the last two weeks, which, you know, great for Kendall Lamb. But by the same token, the Pals protection's got to get even better because they're going to get Taylor Lewan back in all likelihood this week. Who, despite what all you in the chat are going to say, he was awful in week one. Terrible. He's been fine since then. Actually pretty good. Uh, I, I know a lot of uh, highly respectable film junkie guys who are saying that in some of the games this year, Taylor Lewan has been like, you know, three-time Pro Bowler Taylor Lewan. <laughs> it, it doesn't, I, I don't know who you're talking about, but uh, respectable and junkie guys don't really <laughs> go in the same sentence. <laughs> film junkie. Oh, okay, okay. You know, respectable and junky guys, you got to watch out for those guys. Okay, Luke, don't don't be putting all your <laughs> eggs in that basket. They'll they'll pull a fast on you because they are still junky guys, right? Uh, oh yeah. 
Uh, and and Sean brings up, I ride for Lawan. There are a lot of Titans fans that are still supportive of Lawan, and they should be. He's still on the team. He's still the left tackle. He's gone through his ups and downs. But I agree with you, Luke. He has gotten back center. Now, I don't think that it has. It is enough to uh, this offseason. I think something is going to happen where he'll get cut because of the contract structure. That's not because of necessarily Lawan. It's because of what is what are you paying him and what value are you getting? Here's a question I'd like to ask the chat, though. Is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal that Taylor Lewan returns to the lineup after the last two weeks of improving so much after that Jets loss of protection of Tannehill, being able to give him time to throw the football, uh, running? I mean, uh, Derrick Henry has had pretty damn good games the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Buffalo and his three touchdowns and 100-plus yards. Big deal, small deal, or no deal that Taylor Lewan returns to the lineup. I will read off the comments as they come through. Our guy Tank Sinatra on YouTube saying big deal. Uh, small deal coming in from Steven. Uh, you've got big deal from Eric. You've got big deal from Brandon. Clayton Smith says absolutely a big deal. Leland is a top 10 tackle. Uh, you've got uh, big depth is thin. Big deal coming in from Billy. Big deal from Ethan saying big deal. Lamb is a backup for a reason. I, I You can't deny that. Thomas says big deal. Small deal. Small deal from Gershon and, and also Sean and also Jerry. Orlando says small deal. Could mess up the chemistry but could also make it much better. Orlando, I, I like that comment because they have done well over the last several weeks. Is it going to, you know, and, and offensive line chemistry, that gate has got to be fluid, right? That's when that's when teams go on runs and that's when offenses really start to stack days, as they say, and games. Luke, what is your answer? So uh, Luke's having some audio trouble, uh, uh, and so he'll get that figured out. Uh, Sean says, small deal, I'll read some. I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and tell you mine. Uh, as I think that this is a big deal, because it's a big deal in the scheme of not for necessarily this week, but you want Taylor Lewan to play good football at the end of the season. You want... Uh, you want him to be available and be the player that we know uh, can can dominate late in the season and going towards the playoff run. He's proven to you that there's a reason why he got the contract that he did. This is a big deal. Yeah, Luke, your audio is not 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 right, so you have to fix that. Um, oh, that, okay. Are we good now? Now we're good. There we go. I agree. It's a big deal because. And we talk about this all the time with Taylor Lewan. At his best, he's one of those guys where he's a set and forget kind of guy. You put him at left tackle, you let him take care of his guy, and then you can think about helping David Quesenberry and doing other things. And Taylor Lewan being in there, <clears throat> excuse me, and being able to handle his one-on-one -on -one matchups is a big deal for the offense and really opens up a lot of things that they can do. Yeah, well, and... Luan is also a leader. 
right? Like, I'm sure he's a love-hate guy like he always is. And and I don't know the locker room mentality. I Obviously, uh, there was some probably uh, some butting of the heads within the uh, offensive line room as we saw Tyson Brylo uh, retire <laughs> randomly. There's something there. But Taylor Lewan, the easiest way to lead is leading by example, right? Yeah. Like, and Taylor Lewan, I think, and look, he got his, he got butt hurt. He got his feelings hurt when he got booed, right? And he is a in his feelings type guy. But that's also what makes him a great football player because when he gets pissed off and he plays hard and he plays well, he's a dominant tackle. And dominant tackles are hard to find in the NFL. I'm talking about dominant ta- tackles. I'm not talking about good tackles. I'm talking about dominating left tackles, which is a top four position in football. If Lawan gets his confidence back over weeks and weeks, the concussion's a freak injury. Concussions happen. It's random. It's unfortunate. But that's not his fault. It's not anybody's fault. They happen. He needs to get his confidence back at the end of this season. That's why this is a big deal. It is not a small deal. And it's definitely not a no deal. Whether you love or hate Luan, you want him to play. Hell, you're paying him a ton of money. Get the most out of him. There are a couple comments we need to address right here, both kind of saying the same thing. Dom says, then why are there more sacks and more pressures when Luan's on the field? Seth says, why do they play better without Luan? Seth. Think about what Ryan Tannehill said in that video. Dom, think about what Ryan Tannehill said in that video, okay? Everything is better. The Titans didn't just flip a switch when Taylor Lewan went out, and then all of a sudden things were better. Let, let, let's think a little more critically than that, because the opinion that they're better with Kendall Lamb or that Taylor Lewan being out <clears throat> excuse me, has somehow fixed everything because 77's not in there, come on, guys. Let, let, let's think through this logically. Do you really think that Kendall Lamb was the missing X factor for this Titans offense? Because if you're saying, well, the line's better without Taylor Lewan, then in effect you are saying Taylor or Kendall Lamb or last week Bobby Hart, whoever that is, I'd never heard of him before he went in, had been on the team for not very long. Um, you're saying that those guys were the X factor. Yeah, and uh, look, I understand why fans say that. Well, one's not in there and they're playing better. That does make like logical sense, but the one is a, a big piece to this team. And while he's still on this team for the rest of the year, he needs to contribute. He can. We've seen that he can. He hasn't in the last couple of years due to circumstance, whether it's PEDs or ACL. One is his fault. The he other loves the not. acronyms. Right, one is his fault. One is the other. What is not his fault? And look, I I think the beginning of the season, uh, his in his feels got the best of him, and we know that Chandler Jones uh, made embarrassed him, embarrassed him in front of national television, and then he couldn't get his mind right or his legs right, whatever. Uh, in week two, since then, I think he's gotten back. Now he's got to prove it on the field. So the, hey, that's the first one. What are the other two yeah. things in, in your article? You can go read the, the in-depth writing of Luke Worsham on A-to-Z-Sports.com. Three biggest improvements the Titans have made since the loss to the Jets. We know one, 
They have yeah. improved the offensive line. What are the other two? So I won't belabor the point because, like Zach said, you can go read the full article on A2ZSports.com slash Nashville. Uh, but the other two things that the Titans have improved so much is they're turning more pressures to sacks on defense. They're not just affecting the quarterback. They're actually bringing him down for loss of yards. And despite what Mike Vrabel might try to convince us, sacks do matter. It's not just affecting the quarterback because last time I checked, third and 18 is a lot better for a defense than third and 10. And on top of that, the Titans also, and we've talked about this already, the Titans have found more balance on offense. That pick-your-poison offense that Julio Jones talked about in June, and that's what I wrote about after the game, too, if you want to go read that, a separate article. That pick-your-poison offense that Julio Jones talked about in June, we finally saw that come to fruition on Sunday where the Titans looked at the Chiefs. They said, pick your poison. The Chiefs said, we want our poison to be anything other than Derrick Henry. So they played close coverage. They played single high. And Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones took advantage over the top. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, You know, this team has, uh, I think, shocked a lot of people the last couple weeks, you know? Oh, yeah. the, I mean, they, they have opened the eyes to Titans fans to say this is winning football. You know? Yeah. And, and the balance is a big reason behind that because it's not just pounding Derrick Henry into the oblivion. It, there's other things going on. And I think it's encouraging the fact that the Chiefs did a pretty good job against Henry. Three yards a carry, uh, and he carried the ball a lot, so he did end up with 86 yards. Uh, but they did a good job on Henry, and Vrabel said that. And Vrabel had a great quote after the game. He said, um, you know, they did a good job in the run, but but we were sort of able to, I guess, counter that. We were able to get some shots downfield. Uh, and that was the difference, I think, against the Chiefs. Uh, and then the sacks, too, of course, against Mahomes. I mean, they made his life miserable all day. Okay, well, since I don't get to talk to you as often as I get to talk to Austin, I'm going to ask you a question about, one question about the Titans' defense. Okay. But first, I'm going to tell everybody about Renter's Warehouse. Renter's Warehouse are the National Professionals landlord. $89 a month. If you have a rental property and you are managing it, stop. Stop it. Go to renterswarehouse.com. They will take care of it. And it's only $89 a month. They can find you tenants if you don't like the tenant that you have now. But it creates a cash flow. Think a little bit bigger instead of maybe you're looking to buy a property and rent it out. This is the start of it. Have Renters Warehouse do a lot of that hard work, the, the grunt work for you. That's RentersWarehouse.com. And today, our friends at BetMGM have a great deal going on for you. If you download the app and you give them the promo code you see there on your screen, A to Z Sports, they will give you a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. All right, Luke. What's the biggest difference in the Titans' defense heading into the Colts game? The biggest difference, you mean like from? What changed from uh, week one getting destroyed by the Arizona Cardinals as the Cardinals put up 38 points against this defense that didn't have a chance? What's the difference? It's It's the defensive front play, specifically the front four. And, you know... The the turning pressures to sack thing, that's been part of it. But since week one, like week one, there were no pressures. We heard all week leading up to week one, capture, don't kill, capture, don't kill. They weren't doing either of those things. They were they certainly weren't killing Kyler Murray, but they also were not capturing him. He was running all over the place. And you know, I said, Zach Wilson looked like Johnny Manziel. Kyler Murray did too. So 
now they're affecting the quarterback and pressuring him. And I think that the players you look at for that, obviously Harold Landry has taken a huge step forward this year. Bud Dupree has played a role on and off. He's dealing with his injury. Had a great sack against the uh, against the Chiefs. And Jeffrey Simmons, I think, has really taken a step forward in year three. But I think it all comes down to Danico Autry, who, you know, I want to talk about difference from week one. They hardly played him in week one. And then Terrell Williams is sitting in a Zoom call talking about, yeah, you know, there are going to be some weeks where it's a Murchison week. And we're all sitting thinking, what? Why did you sign Danico Autry? So since then, that nonsense has faded into non-existence. And they're actually playing Danico Autry a significant portion of the snaps. And he's opening things up for the other guys. Uh, and, and they're just doing a really good job of getting after the quarterback. Nina Kimes, ESPN analyst, is on Twitter yesterday talking about, do the Titans have the best pass rush in the NFL? Like, what, what world are we living in, <laughs> right, where that's happening? Well, the, the answer is no. But uh, yeah, so correct. thank you, Mina, but no. <laughs> I, I, for Autry, Autry has uh, finally Jeffrey Simmons got his Robin, right? I mean, yes. Jeffrey Simmons is Batman. Danico Autry has been Robin. But man, he has been, he's a, he's playing bigger than Robin. I think that's kind of the crazy part about it. It's, it's more of a, a, a one, two punch, right? It's a dynamic yeah. duo. It's the smash, you know, the, the smash brothers, like that, that is, it's not, it's not leveled off. And I, I think that is, uh, I don't disagree with you. The interior defensive line would be my answer. And that's your answer too. So I agree with you. Absolutely do. All right, guys. Uh, we've had a great Titans Thursday show, but we still have to do one more thing. That little ditty is entirely too pleasant for the magic bucket. <laughs> it's magic bucket time uh, right here live on A to Z Sports. If you're just joining us, we do the Magic Bucket every single Thursday. Uh, you've been missing out. We do what the Magic Bucket does. You can submit your Magic Bucket uh, su submissions. DM us on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, probably on Instagram or Twitter. That would be – we get a lot of Facebook DMs. But uh, get a hold of us, submit a, uh, a Magic Bucket, and uh, we will get going. So, Luke, do you want to pick for well, me or do you quick, want me to pick for you? Let me show you what Austin got me because my gift oh. finally arrived on Monday. That's and, right. So how many weeks ago was that? Uh, that was, oh, gosh. It was a while. Four? That was a month ago? It, it was three or four. Three or four. That's why I, I look. The, the chat got mad at me when we were at Mandu because I brought that well, up. I watched that segment because I figured I, that was going to Well, come and it was up. my fault. I forgot the magic bucket. I take responsibility. But uh, so, so I got a notification on Monday, had a package, and I went to pick it up and I opened it up. And this was what was inside. I, sorry, we took our banner away. An all in one beard trimmer. And I sent that to Austin, and I said, what in the world? And, and he said, it's to shave my new beard. Have you used it? I, I have not. It is still in the box. Well, there you I go. Don't, I don't know why he thinks I have a new beard. I've worn my facial hair the same way for the last year and a half. Well, um, no, you've had a beard, and then you I didn't did have, have a beard. beard during, I had a training camp beard. I, de I definitely had I, a training camp I grow camp my beard. beard out in the winter, and I shave it uh, tighter in the, in the summer mm -hmm. months. Yeah. All right, you want me to pick for you or me? Pick for me. Let's get it out of the way. 
Uh, well, I, we can't do this. You, you can't do this. This is the same one that uh, that gets picked pretty consistently. That's 15 seconds. Um, oh, well, this is pretty funny. Uh, you have to Amazon your co-host a gift under $20 to showcase on the show on Monday. Oh, fantastic. So uh, we may have to reimburse you for, for company expense, <laughs> but... You have to Amazon me a gift. I I will say you have some tough competition because Austin gave me some stress, stress straw. straws. Yeah. And they've changed my life <laughs> in such a positive way. Uh, I wear this around my neck. Uh, you know, it's it's like my life alert. You know how old people when they yeah. fall? Fall and can't get up. The little button on the My neck. stress straw is my life alert. So. Uh, you can Amazon me a gift. Uh, you better do it though, because then we'll uh, uh, you do it before next week. All right, All next right. up, Magic Bucket. So I finally I need to pay this off. I for, I completely forgot about this, and I'll have to research. Uh, start the show tomorrow by telling a joke of your choice. I have gotten this one, but uh, something I think I was out of town or something. Uh, mm, okay start the show by telling a joke of your choice i've got to tell a joke on tomorrow's show and you know what i'm going to do i am going to remind myself and put this in my calendar this is this is actually the new strategy is calendar invites to yourself tell a joke on the show all right that's not going to be missed i will tell a joke to start tomorrow's show live on a t o z sports Luke, great show. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your efforts and all that you do for A to Z Sports. He's got you covered on game day, whether it's Titan game day morning, hitting you with those three keys to the game, or online at A to Z Sports.com. We will see you guys tomorrow for a Friday. Adios.